This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Continuing right now, though, we'll have a lot of time for your calls coming up in just a few minutes on the incident. Uh, well, not the incident in Grand Prairie. Like I said, I don't necessarily want to talk about that incident. It, it, it's a symptom of a disease, and I'm more interested in talking about the disease and how we handle that and how we tackle that and how we, I think, all can agree that that's an issue that regardless of, you know, your your political affiliation, regardless of your level of outrage, um, rational thinking, adults and grown-ups recognize that there needs to be a limit to the way we behave in public. Right. Most of us, 99% of us feel that, okay, you know, we're grownups. We can control ourselves. We can be angry. We can be frustrated, but there are certain lines we just don't cross. And when they do get crossed, it, it's cause for concern. And now this is not new. This has gone on for a long time, right? I think personally it's gotten worse. And I think there's a number of reasons for that. One of them being social media. We're going to have a conversation now with Dr. Heidi Torek, who is Canada Research Chair and an Associate Professor in International History and Public Policy at the University of British Columbia. Dr. Torek, thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time. I'm happy to be here. Now, you've done a lot of work on this whole topic of the the degradation of civility uh, in politics, including some pretty in-depth analysis of the 2019 election, right? Like, you've studied this and looked into what goes on in the political discourse in our country. Yeah, exactly. So for the 2019 election, I was leading a team that looked at all of the tweets at all of the political candidates in the election. And then we helped to develop something called a machine learning model to try and figure out how many tweets were positive, how many were neutral, meaning they were discussing the issues, maybe even vigorously and rigorously. And then um, what was low, medium and high negativity. So going all the way from low levels of abuse through to things like like death threats. And you'll be perhaps unsurprised to hear that that 40% of all of the tweets directed at candidates uh, did display some form of of negativity. Yeah, 40%. And uh, I mean, I think that's part of social media. That's part of the experience. But that really appears to be ground zero, right? And that's where most of the vitriol takes place is on social media, right? Yeah, so we do see that, that there's, um, especially the more prominent a politician becomes, the larger the volume of tweets that's directed at them. And then, of course, there's a larger number which are going to be um, negative in some fashion. And as I say, just to repeat again, it's really important to, to know that we distinguish between people discussing issues, right, which is right. part of democracy. We all want that versus um, people getting identity-based attacks and, and that kind of abuse and, and threats that... Um, in in some cases, are actually illegal in Canada. So, yeah, it's crossing that line from, okay, we're not talking about politics anymore. You're now talking about the person. And I think that's something you make a great point because the debate and the criticism of policy is one thing, but we've got to a point in politics where now it's sort of destroy your opponent at any cost. It doesn't matter what it is. So that's how you differentiate between abuse uh, in your work? Yes, exactly. So that's how how we differentiate between saying what democratic discourse is. is, Of course, we can disagree on the the policy 
issues, but it becomes something different yeah. when we're attacking the person for, for who they are. And we can all think of examples. I mean, a, a very anodyne one is, is when Catherine McKenna was called in that election climate Barbie, right? So that was a combination of the issue, but then a kind of slightly misogynist low level of abuse. And of course, there was far worse. But I think that helps to clarify for people uh, the difference between let's have Good debate. We all want that, um, but without the abuse and harassment that, unfortunately, as you say, does seem to be getting worse. And you also did some work around what the uh, the lasting effect of this is and what kind of an impact it has on the people that are targeted, the candidates and the politicians who are targeted by this and the effect that it has on them. It's not good. And you can understand why. Yeah, so what we did is we, we paired that quantitative analysis with actually doing interviews with uh, political candidates from, from almost all of the parties and also members of their campaign staff. And that's really important because often young people will work for a campaign to see if they want to go into politics and they might work for someone who looks like them or, or comes from the same background. And, and we did hear from quite a lot of people about the toll that it took on them to be looking at this form of social media, to be thinking about whether they need to report someone, block them, etc. And that for some people, People that also put them off entering into politics. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see there are all kinds of offline effects of the things that are happening online. So uh, how do we how do we try and deal with this? I guess that's the question we're all asking today: is what is the best course of action for us to try and cool things down and put a stop to this? Yeah, so the bad news is there's no silver bullet. There's no one yeah. recommendation I can give that will solve everything. But I think there's a whole host of things that we can do. Um, one that, that happened after the incident at Grand Prairie, which is, I think, very important, is having people from multiple political parties come out and say that they felt that was wrong. So that it doesn't give life to people from, from different political parties to think that this is somehow um, acceptable. So that's super helpful. And we also saw that happen in some uh, in some ridings, actually, during that 2019 election. For example, the uh, people running against Catherine McKenna all banded together to say that kind of online harassment was wrong. Um, the other thing is for the, the politicians themselves and their parties to really make sure they have plans in place for both online and offline harassment long before it happens so they know what they're going to do, they know how they're going to react. Um, for political parties to give support, especially to um, female candidates, candidates of colour or from other marginalized backgrounds to make sure that they actually feel supported in in running. Um, Then, of course, the Canadian government is looking into a whole host of potential um, new laws, thinking about things like online safety. Um, There's us as individuals, of course, how we want to act online, what we choose to retweet, what we choose to amplify. And then finally, of course, there's the platforms themselves. And, And one of the things that's concerning with them is that we often see that in their terms of service, they, of course, say no death threats. But often those seem to slip through the cracks. There's yeah. not real enforcement of their terms of service. So I think seeing uh, more there. So all of those are a whole host of things that, that can be done to improve this situation. All right. So we can start there. Uh, Dr. Twork, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much for having me. That's Dr. Heidi Twork, who is the Canada Research Chair and Associate Professor in International History and public policy at the University of British Columbia. And yeah, the thing she's talking about, their candidates, I think that's where we need to focus. I think we need to take a look at that, and we need to demand um, that our our candidates not engage in this kind of thing. You just need to be able to be really, really clear that yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be competitive. We're gonna we're gonna work hard to win every single vote, but there's some lines we just don't cross.